Welcome to Your Personnel File, a podcast at Army Human Resources Command. Your Personnel File explores the programs, policies, and initiatives designed to serve you, the soldier, veteran, and family member. Now, let's join our host, Master Sergeant Glenn Riddell, and find out what's inside Your Personnel File at HRC. Hello, everyone. I'm Master Sergeant Glenn Riddell, and on this edition of Your Personnel File, we're talking about the HRC's Office of the Inspector General and what the Inspector General does to support commanders and soldiers across the Army. Did you know that the IG's motto is first be right, then take action? The role of the IG is to ensure soldiers and their chain of command are following the same rules and Army regulation. Think of the Inspector General as a baseball umpire or football referee. The IG only calls balls and strikes, not what pitch to throw or whether to swing or not. The Office of the Inspector General assists commanders, soldiers, civilians, and family members find resolutions to contentious Army matters. With me in the studio today is Sergeant Major Tamika Harriet, the HRC IG Sergeant Major, and Sergeant First Class Ashley Hawkins, the HRC Assistant IG Non-Commissioned Officer. Now let's find out what the HRC IG can do for you. So, Sergeant Major, Sergeant Hawkins, welcome. Uh, before we go into what your office provides for uh, the soldiers out there in the field, Sergeant Major, why don't you tell uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself? I am Sergeant Major Tamika Harriot, as Mass Sergeant Riddell mentioned. Um, a lot of you may know me as Sergeant Major Tamika Brown. Um, I was recently married this past summer, and I have four children, three boys, and a girl. And my oldest is now a UK Wildcat, Go Big Blue. And my big little baby, almost 100 pounds, six-month-old St. Bernard, who I, uh, I treasure dearly. Um, this year will be actually 29 years I have been in the military, in which 10 of those years I served in the Army Reserves as a troop program unit soldier. Um, I'm actually not a stranger to HRC. However, I have been the IG Sergeant Major for about eight months now. Um, you know, once you pass that six-month mark, um, it, you, you're an expert, supposed to be anyway. That's what they say, Sergeant Major. That's what they say. <laughs> I feel like I've been part of the team for several years, though. No, thanks, Sergeant Major. And what about yourself, Sergeant Hawkins? I'm Sergeant First Class Hawkins. I've been in the military going on 13 years. Um, I have two kids. I have a boy and a girl. I, um, I'm an AGR soldier, so I've been AGR. I was a basic training to AIT to deployment soldier, got picked up for AGR right after. I'm a 42 Alpha. I've been assigned to HRC in the IG office for a little over two years. Um, so I'm just enjoying my rest of the time here in sunny Fort Knox. No, thanks, Sergeant Hawkins. So for our listeners out there that may not be familiar, the AGR is Active Guard Reserve, so you are a reservist on active duty, for, for put, to put that simply, right? That's correct, my And fine. you've been in the office for two years? Yes. All right. So I'll start with you then, Sergeant Hawkins, since you seem like uh, you have two years' experience in the IG office. You know, how did you become an IG? Did, did you volunteer for this? Uh, you know, did it come out of the blue? You always wanted to do it? So IG, is some, it was in my career path, but they all, our career manager, our talent manager, excuse me, always say that the best of the best get the IG just because your records have to be so clean and things like that. Um, the previous Sergeant Major, IG Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major Witcher, reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in interviewing for the position. I was like, oh yeah, of course. Um, I interviewed for it and I was selected and I've been here ever since. 
All right, thanks. Well, tell, tell the audience how many customers you support, because oh. it's a crazy oh, number. Millions. <laughs> what, approximately 4 million? About 4.5 million. 4.5 million. Right, right. And you support them by, by how? What do you, because it's all family members, DA civilians, soldiers that are out there in the field, and your office, uh, with, I believe your office is only nine folks, and you support 4.5 million? That, that is that is definitely correct. And, and how do you do that? There are four different items that we do as far as on the inspe ins inspector general side of the house. That's assistance, teach and train, inspections and investigations, and what I miss. What I miss, sir. You name them all. I name them all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and here at here at um, HRC, we have a team of nine in which. Um, two of those in individuals handles the inspections and investigation side, whereas on the other side, um, we have um, six of us handle assistance cases. Okay, Sergeant Major, appreciate that. Um, so as a prior first sergeant coming into the seat as being a first sergeant uh, many moons ago, you know, I think there's commanders and first sergeants that do, uh, maybe... I don't know about many moons ago. But, yeah, true. <laughs> but... I think there, there's a there's a myth out there in the field of you know the IG is scary, right? Uh, they're a bad thing. And after being a first sergeant and working with the local IG office, I think the IG is just a, a, a tool for commanders because you want your soldiers to be able to go to the IG office and request for assistance if they're not getting it from where they need. So, for you, what is the most reoccurring request for assistance you your office gets from the field and I'll whichever one you want to answer that one by all means so I would say over the last two years um, from what I've seen whether it be retirement points um, so when you say retirement points that's that's the reserve guard side that's correct okay um, that's aren't so retirement points corrections is like if they're DA form 1380s where if they've completed duty and they're doing it for like non-pay um, when they're submitted to HRC, those are those have been a very very popular one. Um, promotions, uh, PRB, the post review boards for officers, so officer um, separations, those are very popular. If I, if I could add to that, just yeah, a few absolutely. trends. Sorry, jump in. Just some trends here at HRC. Whether you enlisted an officer, uh, we are the trendsetters when it is time to PCS. Very as, true. As, true. As Sarah Hawkins mentioned, um, either nobody wants to go or they don't want to go where they are supposed to go. Um, however, I've also seen soldiers that are not that are not given the commands an opportunity to actually fix um, an issue at the lowest level um, prior to them coming to HRCIG. Um, of course, we would like for it to be handled at the lowest level, but um, since they do have a tendency to come to HRC, come straight to us, they're definitely keeping us gainfully employed here at the, at the mod complex. Absolutely. So, no, Sarmage, so you bring up a good point. So, uh, you know, with, with HRC and the enterprise that is HRC touches a lot of HR actions across the entire force. And you bring up assignments, and Sergeant Hawkins, you brought up, uh, reserve gray air retiree points and how that all works so with that and that total population out there being 4.5 million in those hot topics we'll say that you 
you all identified. What do you recommend, you know, soldiers do? Like, you kind of hit it, Sergeant Major, a little bit. Like, if you have issues, start with your, your unit. Or should they come straight Lowest to you? Or, or, you know, what, what, what would you recommend to those our listeners out there right now? I'd recommend, just as I stated, start at the lowest level. Um, communicate with your command. Communicate with the team to see if it's something that um, they are aware of because sometimes they're not aware. Mm -hmm. They don't know it's a problem. So if you don't know it's a problem, how are we going to fix it? You agree, Sarah? I agree. And then, like, you know, even not only your chain of command, but if you have assignment issues, as Sergeant Major stated, Speak with your talent manager. Um, you have the right to go to the branch sergeant major, the division chief, and, and people like that. If you're not comfortable, then by all means, you're more than welcome to come to our office at any time. But starting at the lowest level is always our first recommendation. No, that makes total sense. And I, I think there's something here where I want to ask you all, the difference between, let's say, Fort Campbell, 101st IG office, and the HRC IG office. It seems to me uh, that there's there's two different you know there's different things. So like what if I'm a soldier at the Hunter First at Fort Campbell, what should I be going to my IG office for, and what should I come to Sergeant Major Harriet and Sergeant Hawkins office for? The difference between HRC IG office and IG offices in the field is those IG offices, <coughs> excuse me, those IG offices in the field handle issues and actions limited directly to that command. Whereas HRC IG has a more broader scope as we discussed and serves the Army at large. Um, let, let's say, let's just say you were Staff Sergeant Joe Snuffy, stationed at Camp Humphreys in Korea and your leave was denied and you requested I, IG, uh, you requested IG assistance to find out why. That soldier should go to Staff, Staff Sergeant Joe Snuffy should go to his command IG for that. However, let's say that same soldier, Staff Sergeant Snuffy, was not pleased with his next PCS assignment to Fort Polk. Since that falls in HRC's lane, then that's when it becomes a HRC IG issue. Right now. Thanks, Sergeant Major. I, I think that clarifies a little, but when you say not pleased with an assignment, I, you know, would you say, and I don't want to lead you down anything, but not pleased as in the, something broke in the process. Fort Polk was never a discussion you had or something that, if, if, if you had Fort Polk and then you changed your mind, you know, and, and there's documentation or something like that, uh, you know, you know, absolutely, the IG is protected communication. Come see you, right? Oh, most but, definitely. You know, make sure there's there's something perceived as at that soldier level that's not not right to them, right? Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. And just to and when we say not pleased, it's just like oh, I don't want to go to Fort Polk. Not pleased, and let's just say Fort Polk doesn't support your exceptional family member program mm -hmm. assignment or something like that. That would be grounds for an IG complaint, not just because I don't like Fort Polk, Louisiana. No, that makes sense. So, you know, it, something something's not right in the process. Correct. Um, another question, you know, does an individual, when they contact your office, does an individual soldier, family member, whoever it may be, Department of Army civilian, have to identify themselves when requesting assistance? And can a third party seek IG assistance for an individual who might be afraid to say something? A absolutely not. That in individual can definitely be anonymous. Um, also, a third party that has the intestinal fortitude 
um, and wants to try to, what they say, look out for their battles as well, um, uh, can definitely um, reach out to, for assistance for that individual. Um, however, just know that third party is only limited to certain information unless a completed Privacy Act form is, is done by that individual. Um, let's say Master Rodell, I may complain to you about some things, but I'm afraid to go. I'm afraid to go go to Sergeant Hawkins for assistance. But you take it upon yourself because you know the issues I have, and you feel as though it's valid. Um, yes, Sergeant Hawkins will accept the case. But if I don't complete a DA Form 7433, that Privacy Act info release form, saying yes, I authorize. Master Sergeant Riddell to know everything about what's going on with my case, then you are considered a third party with very limited information if that is not done. And so Sergeant Major, you know, I, I hear you saying that anonymous may not always be good to get the answer back to the soldier. Or third party. Or third or party. Third party right. No, okay. So, no, I think that's good information for the, for the field to know. Um, so, Sergeant Hawkins, uh, in my experience in the Army, you always hear, well, I've always heard, so let me rephrase that, yeah. is that when soldiers go to the IG, it is protected communication. Can you uh, kind of tell us what that is, what that means? Yes, Master Sergeant. Um, a protected communication is any communication that a soldier makes with a member of Congress, IG, law enforcement agencies, or even um, their chain of command. So if they come to their chain of command or present an issue, then they have made a protected communication. If they walk into an IG office, they have made a protected communication once they start speaking to an IG. So with that, an email coming to the office, a conversation with an IG, all that is considered protected communication. That is correct. And then what happens when you, when a leader or a person in the Army Department, whoever it may be, uh, you know, takes action on a person who had protected communication with the IG office. Hey, that's that's when you go into the business of reprisal. What is that, Sergeant um, Major? Re reprisal is what I call, in my words, retaliation. Um, like that same Staff Sergeant Snuffy, he went to the IG. He came over to see us, and somehow or another, his commander um, found out he um, came to see the IG. Um, that commander decided to revoke his leave. That is reprisal. That commander cannot do that. Absolutely cannot do that. Now keep in mind, I did say that is something that the commander cannot do. However, if the soldier's behavior warrants incentives to be withheld, that should be the reason, not because he sought out IG assistance. Mm, so what would you say, what would be your recommendation, I guess, uh, to commanders in the field that may find out their soldiers had gone to the IG with protected communication. What, what's a bit of advice you would give a commander, a CSM, a first sergeant out there in the field that, you know, their, their soldier went to the IG office? Confidentiality. We still have to support that soldier, but we have to keep it confidential. And, and yeah, I think that's perfect. And I also you know, would recommend for them personally as being a first sergeant, don't 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 be afraid of the IG. They're there to help the soldier, help the Most army, definitely. and help your organization, right? Most definitely. Um, I think that's important. That goes back to the beginning of the conversation. We talk about this myth about IGs. Uh, they're there to help, and they're often referred to as the ears, eyes, and conscience of the of the commander. Um, 
So another question, and uh, I'll let whoever wants to take this one. Let's say a soldier is going to their local IG office or your office, but they don't feel they're getting what they need uh, from from your IG from that specific IG office. Is there like a hierarchy of IGs? And if I have an issue with an IG, where does one go to solve an issue with with uh, an IG office? Take it up higher. You can always go a step higher. If I if a soldier had an issue with um, the way I handled a case in here at HRC, um, they can go to the Department of Army Inspector General, also known as DAIG. Okay, so there is a hierarchy, I hear you saying. So you have your installation command level IGs and then Department of the Army IG, and um, I'm sure there's a Department of Defense Inspector General Office as well. It needs it is. Okay. Um, another question, uh, Sergeant Hawkins, maybe you can elaborate on this for me, is I've always heard that an IG is never off duty. So what does that mean? Never off the record. Off the record. We're never off the record. We don't have friends. We are loners out here. Um, so if we're in the PX and we hear that, you know, private and so-and-so is out here fraternizing or, or violating. Doing something wrong. Doing something wrong, violating some policy regulation or guidance. Um, just, you know, kindly gather the soldier's information and we'll take it up on, we'll do a, um, what we call an informational IGAR and possibly contact the chain of command and go from there. What is an IGAR? An IGAR is an Inspector General Action Request. Okay, so pretty much you're always on duty. You got to report when you see something, right? Um, and uh, as, as kind of been alluded to, it's, uh, it's to me, and I think it's good for the, the listeners to know too, is that the IG offices across the Army, they, they crosstalk. So if something happens, if a soldier goes to an IG office at Fort Bliss, Texas for an, an issue that may have HRC involvement, that IG office will contact uh, your office, I assume? Definitely, and just as um, Sergeant Hawkins mentioned IGARs, um, everything is, we put everything in IGARs. It's something as simple as uh, a telephone call and IGARS holds all cases across the IG board. Um, so everything is annotated in IGARS. Okay. So kind of IGARS is your the IG system of record. It is. Like our diary. Gotcha. No, that, that's uh, good to know. Um, okay, so the last question I have for NCOs out there in the field, maybe sergeants majors, uh, maybe sergeant first classes, master sergeant. So what makes... Uh, an NCO a, a good fit for to be an IG and can you explain the process and, and what ranks uh, you know obviously you're a SAR major and you're a SAR first class what 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 are the typical ranks to, so to it, serve? If you will let, let, let me start off what uh, I think makes a soldier a good IG. Um, being able to listen you have to be a good listener non-judgmental um, transparent and approachable and know that you will not be the subject matter expert at everything. We have SMEs in the field and regulatory guidance. Uh, what, do you think so, Sarah? I, I agree with what Sergeant Major said, and I would also is be able to separate your personal feelings from your cases, because um, we deal with stuff that you you may not like or you may not agree with. But I mean, our main focus is what we see in black and white is what we go by. And so 
regardless of what your personal feelings are or how you've been doing stuff since you were like a, a I want to call it a field soldier, um, working your normal MOS, is be able to separate the two. That is probably like the biggest thing that I've seen. Yeah, that's correct, Sergeant Hawkins. And all we also ensure standards are reasonably applied. Well, that's a great point because we all have inherent biases. And as we go through our Army career, we have these experiences throughout our career. And things, the way we do things may not be the right way, right? It just may be the way we've been doing them and no one's ever checked us. So, you know, you, which, what I hear you, you saying is being able to separate what's, what's in black and white, what's the regulation policy uh, guidance say, and what's being done. And, you know, be able to, you know, dig deep into regulations to find answers. Be a great researcher as well, it sounds definitely, like. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And also to answer your question regarding um, rank as far as uh, NCO, um, since we no longer go have promotable staff sergeants, so now it's sergeant first class or above, um, they must be nominated or volunteered for the position. Um, and it's considered a broadening assignment. Um, and there is no hard work because the career managers are really doing the hard work because they're pulling everything that's in your records that's required for that nomination packet. Right, and is there a school, Sergeant Major, too? Don't, don't y'all, uh, Sergeant Hogg and Sergeant go to a school as well once selected? There is a grueling three-week course that I just had to go through, and I'm actually telling a big fear when I say grueling because it was actually one of the best um, schools I've been to in uniform. Uh, Sergeant, I, I'm, I'm going to let Sergeant Hawkins speak a little bit about the schooling she went to, but I had to go do the COVID restrictions. I had to do a Microsoft Teams, um, which was still great because you were, in, you were able to engage with other commands and get ideas and some also what we call reach back, some assistance um, from um, some, of the, some experts. And then I went to the in-person school in, 20, in 2018, um, and it's a three-week course as well and you go through all the functions that an IG does. So you'll go through your investigation phase, your inspection phase, your assistance phase, and everything that we do is kind of teach and train. Um, but we, go we have role plays where we have to sit, you know, as the IG and they have individuals come in and they'll give you scenarios and we'll have like hostile people, emotional um, individuals, all of that come in and we have to do the intake and we have to basically go through the steps of what it takes. There's, um, there's a, a, map, a process map that we go by and that's what we do for this school for three weeks. No, it sounds like that school definitely prepares you or gives you the baseline knowledge to come into this position and then with your two years experience in the, in the office, Sergeant Hawkins and Sergeant Major being in there for eight months, you said? Yes. You know, I'm sure that experience adds up daily as, as you receive requests for assistance and deal with those 4.5 million customers out there that, that y'all support. And I would like to touch on that. So like me being an active guard reserve soldier, here at HRC IG, we deal with active component, IRR, IMA, everything like that. So when I got here, I didn't know anything about active component soldiers, their PCSing and anything like that. So we really become an SME on things that we'll probably never deal with after I leave this office. That's a great point. So you come here, you, you learn all three compos as an HR, uh, all the stuff that HRC touches in regards to uh, human resources for the total force. And you, 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 you named some acronyms that we'll just clarify for our listeners. 
the individual ready reserve. Uh, Correct. And the IMA, which is uh, individual mobilization augmentation. Individual, so both reserve programs. Indeed. Um, and uh, you support those populations as well. Definitely. So that's part of that 4.5 million, which is a, a huge number. And I keep saying that so the listeners can understand that your nine-person office would really deal with all those folks if there's any issues or requests for assistance, and um, if there's an HR function that this this enterprise up here, Human Resource Command, touches. Well, Sergeant Major Sergeant, it's been a great conversation. I'll, I'm going to give it over to Sergeant Hawkins. Is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners or they should know uh, based on your two years of experience there in the IG office? I would just say we're, like, not bad people. Um, I always hear that, like, the snitches, quote, unquote, come to us. We're here to just provide assistance. We, we are not, you know, we're not here to get anybody in trouble. We're just here to ensure policy, regulation, and guidance is followed, and, you know, we we're, we're called fact finders for a reason. So um, we're not bad people. If your chain of command isn't supporting you or you don't feel like you have the confidence in your chain of command or whatever it may be, um, you know, again, we're not bad people. Well, thanks. And Sergeant Major, any closing comments for our listeners out there you uh, want to? Just a few, just a few, Matt Sergeant. Um, I'm going to take this time to piggyback off of um, what our Sergeant Major of the, of the Army, um, SMA Grinston, um, uh, says often, uh, we have to know our squad, know your squad. If you know your squad, that means you're communicating with your squad. That means you're being transparent with your squad. That means your squad will be able to come, will feel comfortable with coming to you with um, issues or um, complaints or questions. That way um, we can keep it at the lowest level. Um, but if they do feel as though they have to come a little higher and seek IG assistance, then no need to walk on eggshells because that's, why, that's what we are here for, to help um, assist, teach and train, um, inspect and investigate and guide according to regulatory guidance. No, thanks, Sergeant Major. You bring up a, a great point with this is my squad, the Tim's initiative, and everyone is a squad leader. It, it, you're a leader, and I think that gets misconstrued. We're not talking about the squad leader. A battalion commander, we're using the Tim's philosophy, is a, is a squad leader. And they have three company commanders, four company commanders, an XO, and an S3. So everyone that is a leader, you know, put in, you know, empathy, communication, and transparency, and you'll yeah. build that trust, which is the bedrock of our profession. So now that's a valid point. And, and for those leaders and commanders out there in the field, the IG is here to help. You know, don't be, don't be afraid. Go, yes, go, indeed. Go out there, see them, meet them, uh, get to know who they are. Sergeant Major Harriet and Sergeant Hawkins, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to educate our listeners and myself on the importance of the HRC IG office and its impact to the total force. Your Personnel File is a monthly podcast brought to you by Army Human Resources Command Public Affairs located at Fort Knox, Kentucky. Today's podcast was produced by Lieutenant Colonel Matt Fontaine. It was written by Sergeant First Class Latanya Kelly and Mr. Bill Costello, and edited by Ms. Fonda Bach. Our audio technicians were Glenn Schrock, Scott Bacalars, and Hyang Go. Visual imagery is courtesy of Staff Sergeant Benjamin Shaw.